0: Welcome to The Green Room, uh, today we're here to talk about how we work with pets and their owners in local communities and joining me today are Emma and Hannah who are Community Outreach Officers, Hello. a very posh title, <laughs> <Hi>. <laughs> <laughs> working at we're Green for 21 years, so a long long time and Hannah for five years, so yep. plenty of experience um, there. You guys alright?
1: Yes, ah. yeah. yeah, it's good to be here. Finally,
0: you both working from home today.
1: Yeah. yeah, unfortunately. So, we're now like what I think we're on week five, I think, working from home.
0: Week five.
1: Yeah, so yeah, I've
2: been counting, <laughs>
0: <laughs> counting hour by hour. Um, so we obviously at Wood Green call you the outreach team. Could you talk a bit, Emma, about? what the outreach team is and why we
2: have an outreach team so part of our mission our wood green mission is to provide uh, support and guidance to pet owners Um, and part of that is to increase the public awareness and responsibility that that people have towards their animals their pets so while we've got an amazing team of animal carers um, and staff on site um, our job is to replicate that just offsite. so we go out into the local community and support owners um, that might possibly have to have relinquished their pets um, previously, but we just give them other options um, so that in the long run we're helping them to fulfil their relationship and their needs with their animals. So
0: what is it you aim to achieve, Hannah? from the
1: Outreach team? Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's mostly just about empowering pet owners, to be honest. So so oftentimes when we'll get a call, um, it's because someone's potentially had a long-standing problem in the home with their pet. There's potentially a little bit of a relationship breakdown. Um, so really, it's about empowering those people to sort of <clears throat> rebuild that relationship, I guess, a little bit, uh, create new habits, um, to just help them improve the overall welfare of the animal in the home so it, re- it, re- it really is about empowerment like you know it's, it's about giving a handout not a hand uh, sorry hand, a hand up not a, not a handout sort of thing so we can provide a lot of practical tools to help people succeed so um it's really about just meeting someone shutting up and listening a lot of the time <laughs> to yeah. what they need um and then figuring out the best way to help them and we're we're so lucky because we're able to then look at what they might need and figure out the best way to get them the tools they need to succeed. Um, so it's, it's literally just about empowerment I would say is, the, is the, the key thing that we do.
0: That sounds amazing. Do you guys really enjoy your job, it must be really varied.
2: Ne- there's never one day that is the same, <laughs> there is always something different going on, or even if there's a similar case, there is there is always so many different outcomes to, to, to cases that it's never boring, never yeah so so apart from going to people's um, homes and
0: obviously helping them that way what kind of services do the outreach team provide
1: yeah so we do we've got a uh, a very cool mobile unit if you like so we can take (laughs) the outreach team on the road Um, so we'll do a lot of work it essentially means we can go straight out to communities and do a lot of work in, in one go so doing home visits is great because it's you know, it, it, it's 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 one on one and it's it's comfortable in somebody's home. Um, but actually, sometimes that's not practical. So we can take the van. It's it's his own little contained unit. Um, stuff it full of all the things we would take to a home visit, and then we can just literally rock up in a community and and see lots of pets in one go. And we do sort of they're called health and well-being sessions. So it's that same thing again. You you got animals and pet owners coming into the van. They might. Tell us what, what what issue they're having, or just ask us to check over the pet. Um, we can sort of do a health check and see if there's anything that that needs to maybe go and get looked at by a vet. Um, so it's about that physical well-being, but also the mental well-being as well. So we'll do a lot of chats about behaviour stuff. People coming in for for things like pulling on the lead. Um, nail clipping is a big one, isn't it, M? Yeah, you love, know. love doing the nail clip because people are yeah. still really worried by it and you know you have one bad experience with a nail clip and then they never want to clip their animals nails again so we do do quite a lot of work around that
0: okay i want to know more about this fan.
2: does it have a name <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs> yeah. yes yes we call we call him dennis because dennis okay, dennis, okay. yeah uh dennis is is with us because of a an amazing um, gentleman called Dennis who uh, donated the money in order to facilitate him so it, it was a it was part of one of my projects was to design him uh, with uh, Louise and uh, get him up and running and yeah he's, he's a little bit of little bit of my speciality my
1: baby he, he's baby. like a long oh. it's because it's, for you um, um yeah. i've obviously i've only been without reach for three years now but obviously for you like back in the day you were rocking yeah. up to like car parks and parks with gazebos in and the wind
2: gazebos in the wind <laughs> <laughs> and having to pack the van up beforehand and then having to, two of us struggle to get a gazebo up while people are waiting for their animals to be their dogs to be microchipped and there's <laughs> chaos all over the place and there's dogs shouting at each other and you just want to get up and running and getting going as quick as possible, paperwork flying everywhere, yeah, it was fun but now it's all contained and Very calm, demonized. there's an, in, there's an <laughs> indoor, there's an outdoor, nobody has to come into contact with anybody, there's no sweat from afters as we're <laughs> loads of uh, sweating pouring off of us from putting up the uh, gazebos, it's just lovely. And we I, love how, I love how you say yeah. back in the day Hannah like as if it was like the 90s that, or something
1: <laughs> that's Hannah's that's Hannah's go-to yeah, it but Emma, to make you been feel really old, old. Like, back in the day you just said <laughs> about 12 oh <laughs> I'll take it you know that's fine
2: <laughs> Just
1: no but Emma you just celebrated your six year outreach anniversary right the, like yeah, last it
2: was, 22nd Easter. of April yeah six years so that was so that yeah back
1: in the day to me
2: it is back in the day, I mean, yeah, yeah definitely. I'm my oh.
1: early 20s then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I wish we had a cake for you, Emma.
2: I <laughs> know. Oh, last year, I <laughs> oh, was at last year, maybe the year before, Donna from EVS actually drew me a beautiful little card, um, with some wood green stickers on to celebrate my, um, my wood green birthday because obviously I think me and her are quite similar in our. <laughs> dedication to the cause. So I got a nice little, little nice little birthday, been birthday card. So obviously being, being, at, being at home in the home office didn't happen.
0: Mm. No, it's a non-essential trip, I'm afraid. So no, no birthday
2: celebration <laughs> cake for you. She is watering our plants up in the office, so I know that she would have uh, she would have given them an extra water to celebrate. No. <laughs> um. So you've obviously got this van, Dennis. Yes, That's the minutes,
0: that you go out in and you can you mentioned microchipping as one of the services that you offer and, and general health checks mm. can you talk about some of the other stuff that you offer and behaviour advice I mean I've seen um, you rock up in places like Hinchinbrook Park before and you've got like paddling pools out and games for kids to get them involved in could you talk a bit about that I mean obviously you're trying to make it fun for people to engage with
2: yeah what I've kind of it's fun. Things? From our point of view, um, we we don't so, so obviously the education team would specialise in the the school aspect of it. All of our all of our criteria comes under learning and, and, and um, getting that information out to the public. And we try and do it in a devious way as possible. So we would like you say have um, the pool paddling pool up the kids that it'd be hook-a-duck. Um, and the kids would then hook a duck and they would have to answer a pet-related question um, and get a fluffy bug or some such. Um, but it would be really helpful because it would be the parents there that were going, oh, it would be, no, you need to say it's so-and-so. And the, and the kids would be, no, no, it's not, it's not. And and the kids, kids would say, no, well, okay, we'll do what mum and dad say. And, and they'd say what the parents had said and it's actually wrong. And the kids would, would be right <laughs> nine times out of ten. <laughs> Um, So, so yeah, they're the next generation going through. So it's them that we need to tap into, but the parents that have got the say at the moment. And so for them to notice that actually the kids have got the savvy um, is is really good for us. And yeah, it just makes it a different different fun aspect. And when we're doing our our out and about sessions, we're very, we're very informal. So it, it comes across as us, just having a good old chin wag really and cuddling of the animal especially if it's dogs you might not necessarily even use the van we'll just come outside and have a little chat but while one of us is talking and the other one's cuddling the animal we will be doing a full check over on the on the pet and just talking to the owners and they won't even notice that we've that we've done anything really so we can clock up if they've got any little warts or bumps or lumps or whether they do need their nails clipping um, without actually making a big thing out of it which is what I think a lot of problem is with the vets because it's obviously very structured there are very much um, scents and smells to go with that environment and it automatically puts people and their pets on, on edge so it, we've just got that little bit of a, an added leeway to to get away with things like that which does make it easier for us to do the nail clipping um, and the putting plan of actions into play as well It makes it less formal
0: yeah, because I mean, you worked in surgery for quite a few years at Wood Green, didn't you, as a nurse? Yes. Yeah, yeah, um, so you've got all of that experience. So you've got you're fully qualified to obviously do. Uh, can you talk about what we do? So microchipping, nail clipping. Yep.
2: So whatever. we do we do a full range. In fact, um, we are the three of us that are in the team are all qualified to prescribe um certain veterinary products as well. So fleeing a worm in treatment, we've all gone through um, a qualification in order to be able to prescribe drugs.
1: Gone through it is the right word as well.
2: <laughs> yes, we dragged, we dragged Hannah. We dragged <laughs> her kicking <laughs> and screaming. Hey,
1: hey, I got I got A's. I passed with A that's the first A I've ever got and I passed and with an
2: A. So. <laughs> Oh bless you. So you're an expert too,
0: Hannah. <laughs> I for you,
2: Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was also hard work for me because I'd done mine a little while obviously previously and then having to go through all of that with Hannah again was, was quite traumatic.
1: Um, <laughs> I did. But it was it yeah, hard work?
0: Did she make it
2: hard work? Yeah, it was. It was it a was learning hard.
1: experience for all. We utilized it was, the yes. whiteboard, we did some quizzes. Yeah. We learnt
2: that actually to train somebody is very much, to, to go through exams is very much like dog training because I felt <laughs> that at the end of each section Hannah needed to have some strawberries or <laughs> needed to have a little sweet when she accomplished something. So it was very much like the dog training plan. Reinforcing
1: lunches. that positive behaviour. Exactly. we've
2: got to reinforce it and to pass so it worked. <laughs> so you've got uh, microchipping, nail clipping, flea and worming,
0: prescriptions,
2: anything else that you can do? Yeah, we do a lot of behavioural work, like Hannah said. So when we're in the van um, and we're sitting there having a little chinwag and a little chat, one of us is checking over the animal. The other person is normally talking to the the parents, the owners um, of the animal. And um, it's quite interesting because when they start talking, they go, oh, no, we've not got any problems, blah, 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 absolutely fine. They just felt like they needed to come along maybe so like we've, we've had we're in the kid's car park at school or something and the kids have pressured them into coming along um but when you start talking to them you actually work out and find out that yeah their dog does bark every time the postman comes along or um they'll often go to the toilet in a certain place in the house but to them to the owners that's not so much of a major problem they just think that that's that's always going to be like that it's always going to be an issue um, and they're just kind of learning to live with it um, so it's, it's really interesting to be able to say, oh, do you know what, we we could put a plan of action into place for that. We can um, give you um, the the enrichment that you might need, um, whether it be like a cong or uh, an activity ball or a feeder or something. Or we can put a plan of action into place so that every time the postman comes, you can be distracting your dog um, so that uh, they don't notice the post coming through the door. So it's, it's lots of different things that we can say that they might not have. Automatically realise they've got a problem with to start off with, so it's quite nice that we can yeah. have that informal chit chat and get to the bottom of something as well for them.
1: Pulling on lead is another big one, isn't it? Oh, so people, yeah, yeah. you, you, you know, it, as you say, it, it might not be a massive problem because it's something the dogs always done, um, <clears throat> but actually it's something pretty pretty easy that we can fix nine times out of ten. Help help someone fix. And we work quite closely with the with the bats team, so Wendy and and Sue. And Lindsay um, the behavior and training specialist guys so if it's something that's a little bit more complex which sometimes it is um, then we can (laughs) we can drag them in to help but as Emma says like we've got the supplies to be able to be like right okay so they're gonna need a Kong they might need a new walking aid um, because it's all well and good you know saying to people this is what you need to do but actually if that is Financially, something that's a bit of a struggle, or you haven't got their complete buy-in, so perhaps they're not ready yet to go out and spend 30, 40 quid on a bit of kit. Um, We can either supply that short-term, or we can provide something like a con that they can just have. And Sometimes there's really small changes like that that just make a huge difference. You know, just start enrichment feeding your dog every day, or your cat, and reduce that stalking behavior if it's a cat or just bouncing off the walls if it's a dog um,
0: and Hannah, you briefly talked about the sort of financial aid that we can give people um, through outreach can you talk a bit more about that and how we can help people financially how do they qualify for that
1: so we a couple of different ways to be honest so a lot of the ways that we will have people reach out to us is through um, other you know, support services. So it'll be things like maybe the Citizens Advice Bureau, we work very closely with the Trussell Trust, which is the, you know, the largest sort of food bank provider in the country. Um, we work very closely with a lot of vets, a lot of housing associations and things like that. So actually, these, you know, these people are most qualified to, 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 to signpost to our services. So in terms of like qualifying for financial aid, it, it, you know, it really is on a case-by-case basis there's no there's no you need to be back like in receipt of this amount of benefits or you need to be on this sort of income there's nothing like that because the fact that someone is reaching out um, means that we probably need to, to find some way to support them but yeah often what we'll do is uh, when when you're dealing with a case and finances is, 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 is an issue across the board it's really about putting a little bit of a package of support together so Um, If we go out and see a pet and it needs to get seen by a vet, we are very, very lucky to have um, some money in a little pot called the Pet Support Kitty, um, which we're able to go and get that that animal seen by a vet, um, or we're able to go and help them get some bloods paid for, for some, you know, example, or a little bit of medicine if they need some antibiotics. Um, So it really is about sort of short-term support with, with an ongoing medical issue, and sometimes it's it's stuff like paying towards the cost of an x-ray, so it might not be helping them conclude a problem But it's helping someone get to the point where they Have a really clear picture of what direction they need to take Because um, vet, vet bills are expensive and, and people Don't always take out insurance because they can't afford to or because they've never taken it out or because it lapsed for some reason um, so, we, so we do that we also do neutering as well And again, from a qualifying point of view, there it really is case by case. It is about, as I said before, sort of shutting up and listening to to people and gaining an understanding into their circumstances. They don't have to tell me every single thing that's gone on in their life, but the the more relaxed you can make people to have just a natural conversation, the more you can build a picture of actually what day-to-day life is like and what will really help. Is it going to help if we get this animal and sent to the vet or is it going to help actually if I sort you know as a charity we sort you out with sort of three months worth of food to help build a little bit of a financial buffer so that you can go on to pay for some ongoing medical costs um it's a lot of it's a lot of day-to-day problem solving um especially when you're putting together those sort of little packages for people but it can be as simple as just going in with a couple of big bags of dog food and some meat um and 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 helping that person not have to worry about dog food for for six weeks eight weeks and it means that they can then afford flea treatment or or giving them that flea treatment and the food and it means actually they can then go and afford some ongoing medical costs for another pet in the home it's um You kind of have to get creative with what we can offer.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, mean, this is the difference for some people about whether the dog's going to stay in their home or whether they're going to have to relinquish the dog for rehoming, either with us or another organisation or online. So you really are helping keep these pets with their owners, which ultimately is what we want to do if it is appropriate to do that. I mean, you guys must see some really sad, sad cases in your line of work. Um, I mean, without being too morbid, can you think of any that have really sort of touched you, have really sort of affected you in the last few years you've worked in Outreach?
2: I think from from my point of view, there has been a lot of um, misunderstanding and I I think people's options haven't really been relayed from, like, practices and things like that so the one that really sticks into my head although I didn't have much to do with it apart from deciphering what what needed to be done from a veterinary point of view um, the owner had actually come in and said I can't I'm gonna have to have my cat put to sleep or I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to do something about it it's been in a road traffic accident um, and its leg was really bad Um, and he said "I, I can't afford the several grand that it's gonna cost to pin and plate this leg um I I just can't afford to have it done so it was either sign it over to us so that we would do it or it was put the two-year-old cat to sleep um and so um I kind of said well let's have a look at some x-rays and we got the guys to get the x-rays over to us um and where the breaks and that were we got the surgery team involved um and we actually worked out that just amputating that that leg um which halved over half the bill um would actually be far more beneficial than putting pins and plates in but at the time that wasn't an option that their vets had suggested um and we were able to support along with the rspca as well and i believe maybe even cats protection um had had put some money in Um, and between all of us working together and the owner being able to put a little bit towards it as well um, that leg was amputated in the end and a two-year-old cat got to, to live um, and the owner was so so pleased that that was another option that was open to him that hadn't been previously um, spoken about and, and, and investigated and, and yeah so something like that where in respect we could have truly actually saved an, a young animal's life. Um,
1: and it, it's also coming in ultimately. Like, if it's yeah. not appropriate to to for an animal to leave that home, like I don't know. I feel without getting too heavy about it, I feel like super strongly that no one in this country should be having to give up a pet from a good home because they're they're struggling short term to to feed it or they're struggling short term with a with a medical bill. It's just it. I'm really proud that we're able. To, it's a service we're able to offer and we're able to 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 stop animals having to go through the system. Great though it is. The care the care guides and all the hard work we do and the great homes we find for animals if we can stop just a few of those animals coming in when they don't need to um, I, I love it. It, it's, it it honestly makes me super super proud that we're able to offer it as a charity because <clears throat> a lot of other people aren't in that position to be able to
2: I think' from yeah, I must give you a lot of job
1: satisfaction
2: yeah from a study point of view obviously we, we know we've got the figures that um, having animals does make a difference to our lives. And, and for a lot of our clients and, and the community, um, those pets are the reason for existing. That's the reason why they get up in the morning. That's the reason why they struggle on a day-to-day basis um, just to exist. And I think if you take that away from them, then what what is the point for some people? And as, as dire as that sounds, it is the truth for so many different people. Um so be able to support people, even if it's just in the short term, um, to have that pet wake up and snuggle in with them in the mornings or give him a sloppy kiss after dinner, it, it just it just makes some people's lives that little bit more bearable.